All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 40. This is 40 right here. Uh, Top of the hill, man. Going over the hill hill. next. I was going to quote another movie about 40-year-olds, but... uh, Nope. Nah. (laughs) Never mind. This is the encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest (laughs) professional wrestling character of all time, one pay-per-view match at a time. Thank you for joining us for our 40th round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the tag team partners, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by... My best friend, my wrestling buddy, Travis White. Travis, can you believe we have watched 40, uh, over 40 Undertaker matches over the past, gosh, almost 10, 10 months? months now? Yeah. It's crazy, man. man. No, it absolutely, I couldn't believe it. We're here at number 40. So that's crazy. So it's a lot of Undertaker to take in. But you know what? Especially watching this build up, I'm loving it, man. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm loving it. It's, uh, it's definitely improving. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. The match quality is improving. Hopefully our audio quality has improved since episode <laughs> one. Hopefully you're enjoying it. You know, we've we've added a little time on there. It's a little bit longer than it used to be, but hopefully you guys are enjoying it. And really, just seriously, uh, thank you to everybody out there listening, all our fans over uh, on all the podcasting services, all the social media um, all the interaction we've gotten has just been awesome. It's been the best part of doing this. You know, we like we said many times, we just we already talk about wrestling all the time, so we decided to start recording it now that we talk about it. And the fact that anybody listens to it is just incredible. So it's really fun. We appreciate you joining for the ride. We appreciate you spreading the word, and we hope that we you will continue on uh, this journey until we get to the last ride here, whenever that might be. Yeah, whenever. We thought it was last year, but that's why we started this, but it's not. So, And that's fine with us. But yeah, you're talking about uh, any, like anytime I get, I see our Podbean account and see we have more than two downloads, <laughs> I'm excited because those two are me and you. That's right. <laughs> so anytime it says three or more, I'm excited. But no, seriously, we get way more than that. Thank you guys so much. for This is just fun, and we appreciate your feedback. And um, we're going to try to keep them a little bit closer to an hour if we can. And there's just been so much to talk about, especially as Raw is expanding. And well, now in your houses are going to expand as we get to here to uh, ground zero in your house. This is the first uh, three-hour in your house pay-per-view. So, And uh, it's kind of weird because they don't name it in your house ground zero. It's called ground zero in your house. So I don't know, changing it up a little bit. Yeah, we've – we're also talking about the evolution of professional wrestling and, and then of the WWF specifically, but of all of wrestling in, in America at this time. That's kind of the undercurrent of this podcast, uh, using The Undertaker as an avenue to discuss all of this stuff, this evolution. And yeah, this is Ground Zero in your house from September 1997. Uh, we're going to talk about how it's the ground zero of a few historic professional wrestling moments, but... Real quick, before we jump into the match, this also, this pay-per-view, this era, it kind of represents the ground zero for something else special, and that would be you and I's friendship, Travis. Back in September of 1997, that's kind of when, I I guess that's about when we first met each other, August, September 1997, you and I both started in the sixth grade at Columbia Middle School in Augusta, Georgia, 
I guess I guess Evans, Martinez. I don't know where Columbia Middle School <laughs> App- is technically. Appling. Appling, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was two hours away, it but did. it was probably only ten minutes. But to a little eleven-year-old, it was really far away. But yeah, man, this era, uh, like I said, August and September this of this year is when we met. And again, I started noticing. Uh, all these NWO shirts and DX. Well, no, no DX shirts at this point. But Not yet. We're get that. But NWO shirts. And I remember you had the Rules and Bones are Meant to Be Broken shirt. And again, I had friends at church that would talk about it. And um, as I was going through the build up to here, the Ground Zero, I started reading some Monday Nitro um, recaps. And I believe I pinpointed the 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 first night I can remember watching an entire episode of Nitro. And okay. it was. Um, it's going to be – it's actually not head-to-head with um, Raw because it's uh, – as we talked about this build-up here, Raw is preempted for two weeks um, because of the U.S. Open. And on the, both those nights, Nitro played anyway. And it was the Nitro after the Clash of Champions when um, at Clash of Champions, Sting had the Crow on – or the Vulture with him. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember Nitro, Nitro opened up with that image, and I remember just seeing that wasn't the Sting – that I talked about back on episode one here of Talking Taker that I remember from a kid. But I was enamored. I was sucked in. And then on that show, you get uh, the four horsemen. You get Chris Jericho. You get Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie, Hoovy, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio. I mean, and then you got the main event talent. You got the Outsiders, the NW, all of that. And, man, I was in. That was it. That's the first Nitro I remember. Plus Glacier, Ming, <laughs> Mortis, Wrath, all of that. Again, as someone who played Mortal Kombat as a kid, watching those guys be real-life characters on TV was awesome. Um, I, I'd probably watched a few episodes or flip back and forth, but I specifically remember that episode. I tried to flip to Raw, and it wasn't on, and so I just watched Nitro. So anyway, that's all. That's my uh, story for that. So well, yeah, this is ground zero for us, too. We've talked on here about this stuff really just jumping off the TV screen and how – you know, some of that Undertaker and Kane stuff, if you were flipping yeah. channels back in the day, you would stop and be like, what the heck is this? And I think Sting with the crow on his shoulder is, is one of that those moments. That big culture thing, yeah. Clearly, yeah. Uh, you just, you're stopping and like, this is wrestling? I, yeah. <laughs> what is going on? I got to see more of this. And it's just awesome how re- wrestling is unlike, I think, almost any other sport or any type of entertainment because you do remember that first moment that you get hooked on it like i don't right. know i don't know if football fans or baseball fans are like that i'm sure they are but you you talk to any wrestling fan uh they remember that thing that hooked them in for me it was a hulk hogan promo as i was flipping channels and i thought just what is this this is just jumping off the screen so yeah that sting image and that promo Mm -hmm. is is another one of those things that's really cool to hear about um and it was it really was everywhere back then you know yeah i've heard a colt cabana on his podcast he talks about as a kid just being like the only guy in school that liked wrestling and just no one else thinking it was cool and elementary school was kind of like that for me i had like two or three guys that we were all we talked about was wrestling that's all we did all we watched and, and all we did on the playground so, you know, there was – but I had a couple guys, but it wasn't huge. But, dude, 97 through 2000 in Augusta, Georgia, <laughs> yeah. everyone watched wrestling. Everyone yeah. talked about wrestling. Even the girls had, like, a passing knowledge of 
wrestlers oh, in wrestling. Yeah. They weren't like super fans. There were a few. No. There were a couple of girls I remember in our school that were big wrestling fans. But dude, every guy still are. <laughs> Every guy, man, that was the cool thing at this time. This was NWO, Stone Cold, DX, and that's what we all talked about on Tuesday morning was what happened on Raw and what happened on Nitro. It was the best time to be a, yep. a fan. Absolutely. I'm glad you said what happened on Tuesday morning because that's that's a big thing. As we, as we get into this Ground Zero and this build-up here, there's a lot of stuff that happens on these Monday Night Raws, and you're right. Tuesday morning, you're on the school bus or at the bus stop talking to your buddy about, can you believe what just happened that night and or last night? And you talk about it all at school that day, you know? And uh, so, yeah, let's uh, – ready to get into it here? I am. I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, ground Zero – in your house, let's talk about the build. It uh, all kind of starts with Raw 221, August 4th, 1997. That'd be the night after SummerSlam. And we've just left off with one of the craziest finishes to a pay-per-view match we've ever seen. Uh, like we mentioned before, Shawn Michaels accidentally, quote-unquote, hits <laughs> The Undertaker with a chair ends up counting the pinfall for Bret Hart to steal the WWF championship. And it, that moment kind of sets in motion really the next few months of storylines. So yeah, the Hart Foundation comes out at first and Bret Hart uh, is being interviewed by Jim Ross. Jim Ross is saying, it is implying that that he, that Bret Hart manipulated Shawn Michaels into helping him win the title, uh, which is which is kind of true. He was uh, egging him on and pressing him on. And I don't know if you caught this, but did you hear Bret Hart open it up with a Pearl Jam quote? Don't it make you smile? Huh? Yes, he said, don't it make you smile? And I'm wearing my Pearl Jam shirt right now as we record this. And Bret Hart, you can, you guys can Google online Bret Hart Pearl Jam, and you'll see pictures of him rocking Pearl Jam shirts. And for those of you that know me, I'm a huge Pearl Jam mark, as big as I am wrestling. Um, and to hear that, to hear him say, don't it make you smile, because that album, that came, No Code, came out a year before, oh, in 96. Yeah. So... I did hear that. I'm glad you picked. I'm proud of you for picking up on that. Oh, that's one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. Absolutely, dude. I, and it's funny. That's what I remember about you when I first met you. Was I remember you were all about Pearl Jam and also Dave Matthews Band and Hootie and the yes. Blowfish. Like you talked about all. You wore all their shirts and you always yep. talked about those three bands. And now more Pearl Jam than the others, but. Uh, uh, I knew you would love that and appreciate that as well. And yeah, Bret Hart, huge Pearl Jam fan. I remember in WDF Magazine, he wrote a review of Vitalogy when it came out. Ooh. It was like a huge article in the WDF Magazine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, awesome. that popped me and I knew it would pop you too. <laughs> yeah, it did. Absolutely. So good. And uh, of course, this is also when we see Sergeant Slaughter being brought out as the new commissioner of the WWF, kind of taking over for... The president, Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, we've seen, actually, saw Gorilla Monsoon on a couple of these episodes of Raw, but it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to really physically be a part of the action anymore. So they wanted to get somebody in there to take over as a new figurehead, authority figure. And so Sergeant Slaughter gets to come out, and he's going to play a big part in these storylines uh, over the next few months and years as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of weird because you don't think of Slaughter being like much younger than Gorilla, but like he really was old. Gorilla was an old guy. Like he just didn't fit in with this new generation attitude era right. anymore, you know? Right. So not that, again, not that 
I mean, Slaughter was an upgrade, I guess, but like cosmetically, they could have gone with someone another ten years younger. <laughs> but again, you want to bring a legend in there and do that, and it's good. Um, Somebody so, who's yeah, we, no, no nonsense, authority right, kind of right. figure. Yeah, and so um, you know, there's some backstage, or it's actually footage from the SummerSlam where uh, they're interviewing some fans. Uh, from the night before and they're asking you know <laughs> what are your thoughts on the match and these fans are like uh, you know we think Undertaker was robbed and Sean did it on purpose and uh, when you watch this you you just say man this is this what people think wrestling fans look like or talk like because it makes me uh, sad <laughs> should have won Shawn Michaels should never interfered in his match if he didn't interfere and watch his temper because of Bret Hart because he hates Bret Hart he would have won all I gotta say is that the Undertaker he was robbed man that was unbelievable that's all that's all I gotta say you should never have an idiot like Shawn Michaels refereeing anything they, they've been doing this for the past few weeks too on the in yeah. Canada, they've been interviewing Canadian fans, and uh, in, in the states, they've been interviewing fans. And yes, it is just, whew, it, it's rough. It's stereotypical, <laughs> Mark. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> Sean opens up the War Zone hour here, the second hour, um, with a promo with Vince, and he comes out to, I mean, immediate mixed reactions. You know, night before he's a babyface, night after. He's getting mixed reactions here, dude. You know, and he's in full on heel mode. Like oh. he has officially turned heel. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to see. Um, and he just embraces it. But it's weird because he's a heel kind of by proxy. You know, he never like turned because he doesn't. He makes it clear like he wasn't intentional on hitting Undertaker. Right. It just happened. You know, a lot of times heel turns. Somebody does something intentional and explains their motives. His is just like a by proxy you know but even though he's Brexit, reacting I, to the fans yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. it'd be funny if roman reigns would do that nowadays <laughs> <laughs> probably get him over like sean was here even though sean's a heel he's over yep yep um but uh so sean's uh he says everyone's passing the blame on him and he says you know what frankly i don't care what anybody thinks and uh vince asks him if he's in cahoots with Brett, again, I think we've heard that word several times here on Talking Taker, but cahoots is such a good word. Are you in cahoots? And uh, well, Shawn Michaels Sean, calls him a Nimrod in he, response. That, that's his word of choice. He does it over like the next four weeks. He kept saying he keeps saying Nimrod, which um that was a, a Green Day album. Was that has True. that come out yet? I think so. Oh, yeah. It? Okay. Well, maybe he's shouting out Green oh. Day like Brett was shouting out Pearl Jam. Maybe. <laughs> I think Sean Myers was listening to George Strait at this time, though. I don't know if he was listening to Green Day. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he calls him Nimrod, and he also calls him something else a little more salty. He calls <laughs> him an SOB. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Vince kind of fires up and says, you know what? Well, you're going to shudder when you face Undertaker at ground zero. So, again, not a number one contender match, but we get the next night after the after the following after the pay-per-view the following night boom here's your match for the next pay-per-view that's going to hook you in you know that's kind of cool i kind of like that it is uh, i do think it's weird though that you know, earlier in the night they patriot was announced as bret hart's number one contender and <laughs> it's just kind of weird because undertaker just lost the title under right. screwy really screwy circumstances and he's not getting a rematch right and again we talked on the last episode how now guys face each other three four five months in a row sometimes and here, Undertaker's not going to get another title shot for another three or four months. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that wouldn't pass nowadays. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, they just kind of move on to the next thing. But I'm kind of glad because where we're headed is 
Oh, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't change a thing in hindsight. Uh, and, and, you know, one thing that Sean points out here in this promo is that he says, you know, big man, you know, you and I have been in the WWF for all these years together and we've never crossed paths. And I mean, you and I can attest to that in, in as far as these pay-per-view matches go, they have never come in contact with each other on pay-per-view at least. And I don't recall in any buildup unless they're wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Two icons, two you know, beacons of the World Wrestling Federation have never crossed paths. It'd be like, imagine if um, if it was, you know, 2002 and in 2000, by 2012, Randy Orton and John Cena had never touched. You know? <laughs> that, that, that's the equivalent, you know? Yeah, and not <laughs> they faced touched, 47 they, times. Right. They touched every month for 10 years straight. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it was just interesting. Really cool. It was. And Undertaker does come out to respond. We hear the, uh, the bell toll... Uh, so Undertaker cuts off HBK in his promo. Uh, lights go out, and Shawn Michaels disappears at this point. Yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon, yeah. <laughs> McMahon actually gets back into the ring to interview The Undertaker, and he kind of sums it all up here. Undertaker says, yep. I've been doing way too much talking lately, and it's time to get back to what I do best, taking souls and making people rest in peace. Uh, not the greatest catchphrase. Got to work on that yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the crowd pops for that. Taker says he, you, Sean Mike goes, you're going to have to look me in the eyes and pay for your crimes and you will rest in peace. So short and sweet, he's all business, but he's going to get interrupted by the, uh, well, well, well of Paul bear. <laughs> and I'm going like Paul Heyman nowadays, <laughs> but yeah, it was Paul bear. And he puts his fat little sweaty face on the Titan Tron <laughs> And uh, says, you know, well, speaking of crimes, you're a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, reminding us at home, uh, this story, again, you mentioned last week's episode that the story is kind of there, but they're, it's not really permeating everything. It's not the focus anymore, but it's still there and the lingering in the background. Um, and he starts screaming, though, Kane is coming, Kane is coming. Um, and so as uh, as Undertaker gets out of the ring to, to head up the ramp, um, it's very subtle, but the lights in the arena turn red. These red, it's kind of yeah. this red glow, and uh, Taker kind of does a double take at it, which is kind of neat to see. Uh, it's again, it's real subtle. I do applaud him because I, I keep saying how Vince is like anti-subtlety, and I don't remember them saying like, "Is that is that Kane? Is that Kane?" or anything. They just kind of let it go. So, but this red light shine, and that's that. Dude, just try to put yourself in that time frame of watching that without knowing anything about Kane right. or what we're going to see later, that, that hooks you. That is different. Yeah. Like we don't know what that means. Now we just, of course we associate the red lights and everything with Kane, but yeah, back yeah. then, what is this? What is yeah. happening? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to see Paul bear. <laughs> he had a couple great lines. I just had to shout out. He said, uh, look at you, dead man. You look like you lost a little weight. Haven't you talking about him <laughs> yeah. losing the title? And he says, Go ahead, make fun of Paul Bear, make fun of the fat man <laughs> before he starts uh, telling him that Kane is coming and he's yep. just uh he also earlier in the night, uh Paul Bear's still managing Vader uh for a yeah. little while. Uh that's gonna end here shortly, but he's still managing Vader and Vader in, Vader fights Triple H, who's out there with China, and Paul Bear cuts a promo before that match and he tells China that I'm more of a man than you'll ever be. <laughs> Yeah. And he like stares at the camera, like deep faces the camera. I'm more of a man you'll ever be. Us, that's, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, I just had to. Yeah. That, that popped me. 
So I have big, oh, me too. Anything Paul Bear related, I got to talk about. He's oh, my so MVP. Good. Absolutely. He totally is. I can't <laughs> wait till we get to the actual Kane stuff when oh, Kane God. appears and we get Paul Bear. It's only going to so. get better, people. We got, Absolutely. We've got some fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, well, speaking of fun and some uh, weird stuff kept happening, on Raw 222, which is the next week, it's uh, August 11th, 97, the, the show starts off with another an HBK promo, and he's in the ring with old Girth Brooks himself, <laughs> JR, and uh, he says, you know, tonight I got I to gotta face Mankind, and he extends an invitation to The Undertaker to watch the match to see what's going to happen, but it's during this match, and we mentioned on last week's episode, you get these... Sean is gay chance again makes me cringe to be like that's what people think wrestling fans were back then because that's I would they, not have been chanting that no but I mean that's what wrestling fans were back then right exactly <laughs> and that's but what he, a lot of them are now probably yeah, that's true yeah so they're chanting Sean is gay and then he has the most perfect line he says well, ask your mom and your sister how gay Sean is. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Um, so it was just weird. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but he gets in uh, – Sergeant Slaughter comes out here, and he gets in his face. And this part is like Shawn Michaels acting like a 13-year-old child, man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, could you, could you believe that? He, he was just – yeah. He's just – Getting in Sergeant Slaughter's face, he's uh, acting like Sergeant Slaughter's spitting on him with every word that he yeah. says. Just being like everything you hear about Shawn Michaels Shawn backstage. backstage, yeah, what people yeah. hate about him, he's acting it out right out here, just playing yeah. into that image that people had of him back then. Yep, and it works because it makes sure. you hate him. And he has another another crossover with with old Twitterless Travis here. He calls him Commissioner Gordon. Again, huge Batman mark here. So I just popped huge for that. I mean, and you can see Slaughter. He goes, it's Slaughter. <laughs> I was like, like, he didn't – I don't know if he even got the joke, but uh, it was funny. So, But Sean says, you know, tonight I'm going to have an insurance policy. Again, watching this in hindsight, we kind of know what's coming. But at the time – I mean, did you do you recall watching this episode? And do you remember – what you thought it was going to be or anything? No, because I, I, again, I was, I was probably more on the nitro bandwagon right. at this point, and I, I, so I don't, I'm sure I flipped channels around, but I don't specifically remember this. I remember it being a big deal, like afterward uh, when right. I saw that uh, old ravishing Rick Rude had returned, uh, and that yeah. was pretty shocking, and I thought it was pretty cool, but no, I don't remember like specifically watching this episode. Okay. Because it's, again, this is a night, mark your calendars, guys, August 11th, 97, wrestling changes forever. Two different times on this night. And yeah. again, they don't know, but it does. And the first one, I'll go ahead and tell us what happens the first time. Well, unfortunately, uh, our good old friend, the Cheek, Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> uh, he faced his crush here in his first match as a Nation Domination member, or Chains. I think you fought Chains, Chains I actually. think, yeah. And, um... He gets kicked out of the Nation of Domination. And yeah. instead, to replace him is going to be a young, upstart, babyface, turning heel named Rocky Maivia. So he returns. Uh, he's been out for a little while, returns to join the Nation of Domination. And this is this is ground zero for The Rock yeah. right here. And it's cool, like... Because both of these historic moments, you're going to talk about the next one here in a second, you could tie them both to The Undertaker. Like, the second one, a lot more so than this one, but think about sure. it. 
the nation started to fracture the original nation of Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega when Farouk couldn't beat The Undertaker. And the nation began to fight because of that. So because of that, Farouk kicked them out of the nation and started the new nation with Ahmed Johnson. And then that didn't work anymore. So now he's going to replace Ahmed Johnson because he gets hurt with Rocky Maivia. So really, you can tie that all back to the beginnings of the feud with The Undertaker. And in a way, a very loose way, (laughs) you can chart the rise of The Rock to The Undertaker. And that's the reason we started this podcast, because he is a beacon and a stalwart from 1990 wrestling Hulk Hogan to here we are in 97 with the upstart of The Rock's career. DX is going to be born this night-ish, kind of. Um, And then to where we see nowadays when he's wrestling Rusev in a casket match. That's why we started this. That's why he's the yardstick. (laughs) As a little callback to last week's episode, (laughs) the yardstick. So, yeah, yeah, wrestling changed once there. And uh, I want to say I'm pretty sure I had the shirt that Rock was wearing. Or my brother did. I, I think it was a Chaps Ralph Lawrence shirt. I'm sure my brother had that one. Dude, so and Jr. calls him. Club, man. <laughs> oh yeah, Jr. even calls him the Rock when he gets in the ring, or he says Rock. He says, "Oh, Rock in here." And I was just, I don't know that they start calling him the Rock yet, but anyway, the main event of this night is uh, Sean versus Mankind. Great uh, again, match, it's, too. yeah, great I just main event. To, yeah, I wrote that. The, the, the chemistry is off the charts. We talked about the Mind Games uh, match. Last year, briefly, when we talked about Undertaker's match on that night, and uh, they they still have their great chemistry, and they switched roles, babyface and heel, but it's so good. Go out of your way and watch this night, watch this episode because it's really, really good match. And during this match, uh, Hunter and China come out um, because again they have this issue of mankind. Uh, there was that steel cage match a few weeks ago at the SummerSlam. Um, so they come out. So commentary speculating: Is that the insurance policy? Mm-hmm. Is it Triple H? Is it or is it Hunter? Is it China? Well, then, uh, meanwhile, uh, ravishing Rick Rude comes down the ramp in a black suit. Uh, he, he, how long has he been gone? Eight years? He's been gone from WWE for seven years since 1990, I believe. And then he'd been gone from WCW for probably three years. Uh, yeah. He had showed up in ECW earlier. This summer did some fun stuff in ECW right. earlier this year, but yeah, pretty uh, pretty shocking to see him come back out on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, absolutely, it really was, and they kind of made you think it was uh, Diesel, in my opinion. They made you think because mm. like some of Sean's stuff, he says that I got I got an insurance policy. It's a big guy, buddy. Like I don't know. To me, watching, I was like, I felt like they were trying to sway you to think it was going to be Kevin Nash again, which. Even if they weren't, like, the fact that I even thought that, cool, good on them, you know? Well, yeah, Shawn that, Michaels has had bodyguards in the past. He had Sid yeah. also, yeah. so it makes sense. He's going to look for protection when yeah. it seems like everything is against him. He's had it in the past. He's going to get somebody new to watch his back. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's Rick Root, again, smaller than Sid or Diesel, but awesome. Rain, I love Rick Root. He's so good. Um, he comes down, he nails Mankind in the head, and Shawn wins the match, uh, you know, by nefarious means here. And, um... Right after this, Undertaker, we get an Undertaker sighting here. He comes out, and he's going to approach Shawn Michaels because, again, they're going to fight in a few weeks at Ground Zero, and Paul Bear interrupts again, and he comes over the Titan Tron, and he says, the time has come, and you'll burn in hell. <laughs> so, uh, and then flames go off on the, on the stage here, and the red lights flash again, like we mentioned from the last week's episode. So um, DX is 
unofficially born, I yep. guess you could say. Yep. You got the, the all the chess pieces are on the board, but they're not in the right place yet. But um, DX is there. Kane's getting more uh, scary. He can control fire now. And uh, The Rock joins the nation. So big episode, man. Like you said, it's all coming together, and it continues to do so the next week on Raw 223, August 18th, 97. This is going to be a, just a wild main event because yes. DX is going to team together for the very first time, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And they're going to face a team like a year ago you would think would be impossible for the right. very first time ever, <laughs> Mankind and The Undertaker are going to team up. And commentary does a great job selling it all night. They're, they're acting like it's a big deal that both these teams are teaming up for the first time. And that's going to be the first time Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are going to be in the same ring together. So they're doing a great job of selling the main event all night. They really, they really are. And again, we that's lost. Again, I still really enjoy the product nowadays. It's different, but I enjoy it. But... Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns killed each other for 2017, the entire year, and then they just tagged together a couple weeks ago on Raw, like, and nothing was brought like up about nothing. that. Yeah. Like, but here you go, you got you got Taker and Mankind who killed each other for 1996, and here in '97 they're teaming up. And even back, there's a backstage promo of, of both of them, and Mankind says, "I, you know, I haven't forgiven or forgotten what happened between us, but you know, I'll team up with you and." And Undertaker gives one. He says, you know, my patience has run out um, with Sean. I'm going to settle my score. And Mankind, I, I never forgive and I never forget. Um, so, again, man, they laid that groundwork a year ago. Let's keep it up. And they do. It's awesome. It's I awesome. Did, I appreciated that, too. And and as good as those promos were, did you watch the promo at the beginning of the show with Rick Rude? Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> if you think scripted promos today are bad, please go back and watch this Rick Rude <laughs> promo where he makes 40 insurance puns in about five minutes and it just gets clear that him and Vince McMahon talked about making all these insurance jokes and puns beforehand and just go beat it into the ground let's just put it this way like a good neighbor Rick Rude's always there I say Mr. Rude surely you would be here for someone else who could use your services then here tonight. Am I correct? What I'm trying to tell you is that if you're wise, you'll look to own a piece of the room. If you want to be in good hands, get rude. It pays. I can imagine it does. Yeah, but it made me realize in 21 years, those insurance companies haven't changed their yes, slogans. That's true. <laughs> so... Oh, man. One other promo that was great during the night before we jump in the main event. Rocky Maivia cuts his first heel promo here, joining the nation. Yep. And, again, this doesn't really have anything to do with The Undertaker, but just to say, God, he was a natural as a heel from from this yeah. moment, man. Like, it just clicked. He, you know, he His first run as Rocky Maivia, as the clean-cut babyface, was awful. And all his promos were terrible, but as soon as he was a heel and had motivation, this first promo, it's all there. Man, yeah. like, he's going to get better from this, sure. but even in this moment, he has it all together. So it was just, it was cool to go back and watch that. Uh, again, doesn't have anything to do with The Undertaker, really. But uh, Oh, but it's it's a it's a big moment, though. Huge moment. Watching, watching yeah. his rise is a big moment. So uh, who knows? We might pick him to do our next podcast yeah, you once never we know. finally finish. We got know. so many to choose from. 
So. Well, uh, jump into that main event for us. Oh, I was going to say, again, they, they're teaming up. They're reluctant. Um, we're not going to break it all down here, but basically the story is Sean's trying to avoid Taker. You know, uh, he gets his cheap shots in like a heel. Again, he's just kind of gone to heel just instantly, and he plays it so well. Um, Rick Rude comes out during the match, tries to hit Taker with a chair, but Taker stops him. Then Sean grabs the chair and comes from behind and just absolutely wallops Undertaker straight in the head. And uh, one of the hardest chair shots you uh, will ever see. Uh, it, and it's so famous. It's it was actually on the cover of WWF magazine. Uh, was a it? A couple months later, just that image of Sean holding that chair and just whacking the Undertaker with it. He does. And you can see Taker do the blade job. It's yeah. <laughs> not, not hidden very well. But nope. again, it's live. Te- they only get one chance to take, you know, do this stuff. So, um, correct you know, me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time we've seen Undertaker bleed? You're absolutely right, my friend. First time we've seen. Again, I keep saying he's he's getting more human, right? He's getting more human now. He's got a brother. He had a Grim Reaper tour that he tore in half and it's burned. He and now he bleeds. You know, we didn't know he could bleed until then. I know that sounds stupid, but we didn't. You know. Uh, but now he bleeds, and a big, big moment in the story here of The Undertaker here. And the camera zooms in on that mangled chair. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that chair is dented. He did not put a hand up at, no. in the slightest, man. He just no. ate that chair shot straight to the head. It is, you know, knowing what we know now, of course, like, that's – we don't want to see stuff like that anymore. No. It's a good thing that those don't happen anymore. But, man, it's uh, – <laughs> It used to be the coolest thing in the world to see a chair right. shot like that. It used to just like get you excited, but now it's just kind of makes you cringe. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's cool and it's it's a they close up on that chair and that chair is going to come into play as we continue on here the next in the rest of the build up. Uh, yeah. That chair is very famous here. <laughs> well, it pisses the Undertaker off. He's just like mad as hell as he stands up. HBK and Triple H are cocky at first, but then they just start to realize what they've done, and they run out of the ring all scared, and the show goes off the air. Vincent Mann says, unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be hell to pay. Or maybe it was yeah. Ross. I don't know. So one of the announcers uh, said that, and that's exactly what we're going to see. Yeah, absolutely. But so, uh, we don't get to see it on Monday Night Raw for the next nope. couple weeks. <laughs> nope. Again, Tennis is more important to the USA Network than <laughs> it's Monday Night Raw, so tennis. we get free preempted, yeah, me? preempted. Tennis. Which again, like I said, that's probably why I saw that Nitro on that night, um, that whole thing with the Vulture on Crow's, on Sting's shoulder. So, because um, I know I flipped over to Raw and it wasn't there, it was tennis. So I was like, it's stupid. WWF sucks. <laughs> it's tennis. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, what we do get. Yeah, something else. Go ahead. A couple episodes of Friday night's main event aired on USA on August 29th and September 5th. For some reason, these are not on the WWE Network. I mean, you need to tweet at them, uh, complain to them. They're like, I don't – why not? Right. Just put them on there in the Raw section. Just make – relabel them as episodes of Raw or make a special section. It's just weird. Tuesday Raw Tuesday or Thursday Raw Thursday was on there. Yeah. You know? Why Let's these put on these there? on there. It's, did you notice the logo? It's a little martini glass. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. 
<laughs> yeah, Friday night's main event. Again, which is cool because it's not Saturday night's main event. It's not on NBC. It's still on USA. Um, but it's Friday night's main event. And we'll, we'll try to run through these pretty quickly um, because there's some stuff happening. But because we couldn't watch the whole episode, um, we can only talk about some stuff. Yeah, I, you I, can I was... find a few clips on YouTube, Daily Motion, yeah. and we'll have those up on social media. A little bit of what we can find out there. But, yeah, again, hard to find this stuff. Yeah. But there is a little bit more build to the pay-per-view. Sure, sure. So we'll touch on it here. Again, that chair I just mentioned, Sean brings it out at the beginning of uh, the August 29th episode uh, that he hit Undertaker with. And he says, you know, the World Wrestling Federation and Taker, they kept pushing me and backing me to a corner, painting me into a corner. Like, no, they didn't. But anyway, he justifies it. He lashes out. You know, that's what he did. He's not going to lay down and die at ground zero. And, you know, if I go down, I'm taking everybody down in a blaze of fire. Which I didn't know if that was some kind of like, I don't know, thing about Kane or not. But to get more Sean is gay chance again. I think this is in Chicago. <laughs> they filmed this. Chicago ain't wasn't wasn't too kind uh, to Shawn Michaels here. And um, he says. On his way out, he says he picks a girl out of the audience. Says, "Come here, sweetie, let's show him how how gay I really am." And he picks her up and kisses her. Which can you imagine somebody doing that nowadays? Dude, add that to the list of things you can't do in 2018 anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's going to be a couple more in the match that I wanted to point out as well. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Man, it's uh, it gets some heat. Yeah, I, it does. I give him that. I give him that. And um, all that's on YouTube. We'll post that on social media and and. There's also something as an interview with Undertaker that he gives Sean credit for being able to swing a chair, which, you know, that's a that's kind of a low blow for him. And he says, uh, you know, he's a, I condemn you to an eternity in hell. And, I, and next week I'm going to beat uh, Hunter Hurselmsley. And so you can know what to expect at ground zero. But again, I couldn't find that online anywhere. I just that's a recap of what you know, somebody else recap on the show. I couldn't actually see that part. So. And the same goes for next week's Friday night's main event, September fifth. Uh, again, I, I didn't see. You, I think you saw a little bit of this, but yeah, Undertaker took on Triple H in the main yep. event of that show, and uh, HBK also cuts a promo on Undertaker, uh, which he has a line in that promo. I read that what we just talked about. Triple H, or excuse me, HBK says, "If it can bleed, I can kill it," and yep. <laughs> he drew first blood that night. And he's gonna draw the last blood at Ground Zero. So he is defiant, man. He has yeah. poked the bear, and he's thinks he can take down the Undertaker. Yeah, he does. Pretty cool. And uh, that, that's that'll eventually just a bad blood, you know. I kind of wondered where that title came from oh, for Angry House. Well, I didn't even pick up on that. I feel like this is where they were headed with yeah, that, you know. I think you're so right. we'll revisit that in a few episodes of Talking Taker here. But yeah, uh, Undertaker and and Hunter uh, wrestle here and. Rick Rude comes out. China comes out. So, again, you got DX is not official yet, but 
they might as well be. Um, Sean runs in and, and interferes, giving Taker the win, and he's got that same chair with him. Yeah. Um, uh, I just wrote that DX bails, and he dishes out uh, – T- Undertaker dishes out some choke slams. Again, he's he's livid. He's angry. Again, like you said, Sean's poked the bear. The bear is angry. He starts choke slamming these quote-unquote officials like Gerald Briscoe and some other J-Brones from backstage. Um, but that will be an important part that lead us into ground zero, um, how angry Taker gets and how he's willing to put his hands on officials uh, is going to tell a story here as we get to the pay-per-view here. Man, with all this focus on this steel chair that's been a huge part of the storyline, don't you think these guys should have had a chairs match? <laughs> Maybe a stairs match. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, la- <laughs> tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs. Holy cow, man. Oh, man. No. Anyway. <laughs> no. no, I don't. No. I don't. All right, so yeah, let's uh. do it. All right, we're at In Your House Ground Zero, September 7th, 1997, and we get another cool video opening up. And, you know, it's something we talked about with The Undertaker, how the WWF Championship is kind of on the back burner. That's how it was with The Undertaker. And it's funny that now that The Undertaker drops the title, <laughs> yeah. now he's in the main event. Uh, yeah. Now he's the focus of everything. Now, Bret Hart and The Patriot are the afterthought now. And now Undertaker exactly. and Shawn Michaels are all about the opening video package. The opening yep. video is kind of all about the fall of Shawn Michaels, how he's gone from hero to villain and kind of gave me a little bit of a breaking bad vibe uh, yeah. to it uh so uh, that was kind of cool and how sean michaels was this great hero the the boyhood dream has come true and they used that quote in there from wrestlemania and now he's become the most hated most despised most vile person and vince ends the promo by saying one of the most volatile conflicts in wwf history will explode <laughs> on this night and I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of not hyperbole, man. These guys no. have had a pretty vicious feud, and it's going to be an insane match. Yeah, and it's only been like four weeks of build, you know? Like, I'd, I'd say that maybe Mega Powers exploding or even Brett – I mean, uh, Andre and, and Hogan would, you know, ex- were bigger explosions, but they had years and years of build. This one only had four weeks, and it's pretty explosive. So he, but, he's not really going over the edge there. Exactly. It's, I, it's, yeah. it's been explosive with the chair yeah. shots and the blood and right. all the uh, stuff they've been saying in their interviews and stuff. Uh, yeah. I think it's kind of justified. Yeah, in, absolutely. In yeah. yeah. And uh, di- didn't the pay-per-view start off with Vince, JR, and Jerry Lawler on commentary? Yeah, I was going to ask you to about JR? that. Yeah, because I fast-forwarded <laughs> through a lot of the show because I've seen the show before. Uh, I rewatched the main event, of course, but yeah, I don't know what happened to JR. I have no. I was gonna. Ask, I hope you know because yeah, he, he starts out at the beginning on commentary, and then as I got to the match at the end, he wasn't there. It was just Vince and Jerry Lawler. So I don't have any good Jr. quotes for them during the match. Well, I'm so. sure someone on Twitter will let us know. One of the creatures of the night out there. Yeah, we missed it. Uh, but one thing I want to point out before we break it down is this is the last appearance of the actual house set for in your house. Um, no more houses after this. So. Thing. Business is about to pick up, I guess. Well, so they've changed the name a little bit. They've uh, they've um, expanded to three hours. They're going to get rid of the house, maybe because of this match. Ah, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels comes out first, and he is just in it, man. He is spitting at the crowd. He is doing crotch chops. He is doing other inappropriate <laughs> things out yes. there. And he's loving it. He's reveling in it. And... Then he starts slapping people's hands at ringside yeah. too. 
<laughs> it's crazy. Well, he gets that he gets that female pop. The females right. love him, and the men are booing the heck out of him. Um, and so yeah, he's still high five. And I guess, like I said, because he hasn't like I don't know officially turned. To, I don't know. He to me, he's a heel, but maybe he's just high fiving people just to like as a backhanded like thing. Like as a you know, I'm a jerk. I know it, but you still love me. I don't know, but. Yeah, he he gives some graphic gestures to the audience Woo. here. Woo, yucky. And as he gets in the ring, he does his Shawn Michaels pose, and, you know, they have the pyrotechnics in the ring, and they do not go off on time. <laughs> They're mistimed. And I think if he was a baby face here, he would have had his poo-poo face and, and let it oh, get yeah. to him. But because he's a heel, he plays it off really well. Like, to me, I don't know, that's just my personal opinion, but he plays it off well and it's like, kind of, you know, shrugging his shoulders and kind of like brushing it off, like, ah, oh, whatever, like, they hate me. And uh, I believe it's Vince on commentary. He's like, well, that's a bad omen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Miss Time Pyro is a bad omen, for those of you who are taking notes. So, I like that they played into that. Yeah, and it's cool. But again, like, I think if, if it were rewind the clock back a year, and he was a face. I think he would have poo-pooed face on that, you know, and, and been like, you know, pitching a fit like he did when he started stomping on Vader's head last year when things didn't go well. And he was supposed to be baby face. But here he's a heel and he plays it off well. So, um, yeah, anyway, well, so we he's got, in the ring. Yeah. And we hear the thunder roll and Undertaker mm. comes out. He stomps down to the ring with a purpose and takes his jacket off. Uh, Shawn Michaels is terrified. He starts yeah. using Mike Chioda as a shield. And so Undertaker just punches Mike Kyoto right in the face and lays him out. Oh. And from this point on, we know this match is going to be something different. There is yeah. something different about Undertaker, about this feud, about this match. Sean is terrified. He backpedals, runs out of the ring, uh, tries to run up the aisleway, but gets stopped by Sergeant Slaughter, who backs yeah. him down to the ring. And then Undertaker picks up Mike Kyoto and tosses him like a bag of crap just on to Shawn Michaels. And the, the crowd's going crazy. I'm going crazy watching it. This yeah. is already just above and beyond wilder and crazier than anything we've ever seen. It's Yeah. The Undertaker picking up a referee, press slamming him over from inside the ring, over the top rope, out onto Shawn Michaels is... What a cool thing to see. <laughs> he just doesn't give a crap, you know? He Again, he's, it's personal for him here. He's using it's, the referee as a weapon. Like, we've <laughs> never yeah. seen anything like that. Oh, and he'll do some more of that stuff here later, too. So, um, But, yeah, this is where I talk about they go up to the ring or the, 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 the house. house set. Yeah, take it to the house, guys. They take it there and uh, take her throws Sean into the potted plants on the fire. <laughs> Oh, I so love that they had shrubs out there. Yeah. Right? Like, what does this set need? Oh, let's get a ficus tree out here. Yeah. Like, it's made somebody run out to Home Depot and get the uh, get the shrub. Oh, not Home Depot. They got him from Ficus R Us or whatever. Exactly. That's what and then that's what Pritchard was saying. It's not our show. <laughs> no, not our show at all. But not our show. But anyway, yeah. It, it, but again, attention to detail there. That's good stuff. So uh, I do um, like that. Sean is banging on the door, like crying for help. <laughs> trying to get somebody to open. He could go through the uh, curtain, but next to him. But he's uh, that's just how perfect Shawn Michaels is playing it. And yeah. Shawn Michaels is just gets the crap kicked out of him for 15 minutes here. Uh, it, yeah. He just Undertaker picks him up over his head, slams him 
on the steel out there. Just tosses him into the house, tosses him into the trees, tosses him back into the ring. And Sean is bumping like crazy. And it makes Undertaker look like the biggest just monster ever yeah. because Shawn Michaels is getting annihilated. It reminded me of when Spanky and, and Brock Lesnar wrestled. Remember that? Like on SmackDown in like yeah, 02 or 03? Sure. That's what it reminded me of, honestly. I mean, there's a difference in size there, but like for some reason that crossed my mind when I was watching this. But yeah, Shawn's bumping and feeding like crazy, man. It's so good to see him. Because uh, again, you hear about the backstage, the click versus the BSK, and you know, you got Shawn versus Taker backstage, but I don't think Taker really gives a crap. But anyway, they didn't, they were professional in the ring, and oh, Shawn is. Sean's making Taker look like even more of a million bucks than he already is, you know? Sean's taking his lumps here, and yeah, he's getting choked with the the um, the uh, cables and getting thrown into the stairs. And keep in mind, the bell hasn't rung yet, all right? right. Mike Kyoto is out, all right? So at this point, Sergeant Slaughter um, brings out uh, – no. Is this he brings, he brings out, out Earl, Earl, Earl Hebner. Yeah. yeah, brings out Earl Hebner. And uh, Sean hits a chop block on the knee – uh, to Undertaker, and just the crowd erupts with boos when he hits that chop block. And at this point is when the match officially begins. Earl Hebner decides, I guess the chop block signals the beginning of the match here. Well, Sean was begging him on the outside when Hebner first, Hebner first came out. He's begging him to just disqualify Undertaker. Yeah. And Hebner's like, I can't disqualify him. You haven't even started yet. Yeah. And, and so he makes Shawn Michaels get in the ring for the match to start. Yep. Ten minutes yep. into the into the fight. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, this whole entire segment, uh, we're going to recap here. It takes about 30 minutes, but the match officially is about half of that. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on before and after here. So once the match officially starts, again, it's still intense. You got the 10 punches and Taker's goozling Sean, and it's kind of back and forth for a minute. But um, Taker does that double choke lift thing that he does and slams him down. And, again, they're not pulling any punches here. I really, It's really physical. They're not pulling any punches, and it's just – it's a lot of punches, a lot of kicks. There's not a lot of moves, really, no. uh, almost in the whole match. It is just Undertaker decimating Shawn Michaels for the most part. It reminded me a lot uh, – I haven't watched a ton of like Mid-South wrestling, but it reminded me a lot of some stuff I've seen of that, of like uh, Bill Watts or Junkyard Dog or Dusty yeah. Rhodes when they would just finally get fed up and – and fight just a big nasty heel. Yeah. Yeah, And they're fighting them. They just kind of beat the mess. I I watched one thing with Bill Watts. One, I think it was Bill Watts and JYD versus the, uh, the midnight express. And Bill Watts, all he did was was throw a right hand. He just, he just threw 30 right hands in that match. And the crowd was just in love with it. It was the coolest thing ever. It was electric. And that's undertaker does more than that, but honestly not much more. Uh, right. He doesn't vary it up too much, too far away from that. Uh, he is giving Shawn Michaels his payback here. Yeah. It's really awesome to watch. It really is. And like you said, Shawn's bumping like crazy. And I know I, I got this, um, this match was reminiscent of, uh, 2005 SummerSlam when Sean was a bump machine for Hulk Hogan, but that was kind of all uh, as a as a joke kind of. But um, this one he's not really trying to be like that, but he's just he's bumping all over the place. He's getting crotched on the top rope and selling it so that the a blind person in the last row can see that he's crotched. You know, he's bouncing so high and he actually winds up crotching Taker on the top rope when Taker tries for old school. Sean does a baseball slide and then uh, he tries a tope to the outside, but Taker catches him and <laughs> yeah. 
just takes him to the ring post, man. Just, again, starts working that back, working the lower back, doing back body drops and elbows to the back and stuff like that. So, and then a low blow, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was kind of like the inner thigh. I'm not yeah, sure if okay. they – Yeah, it, I was Because I went back and re- rewound it because, again – that's his go-to in like 2015 with Brock Lesnar. Right. I guess he was learning it back here. So well, uh, well the, that Vader match. <laughs> yeah. The announcers thought it was a low blow too because Vince yeah, says okay. the ref either has too much respect or is too afraid of the Undertaker to disqualify oh, yeah. him at this point because he's had yeah. several chances to do so. So yeah. I, I think that's what he was going for. Um, HBK takes just a huge back body drop here from the Undertaker, but the cool thing is. Shawn Michaels keeps kicking out. Undertaker yeah. will go for pins, but Shawn Michaels keeps kicking out. So Undertaker looks strong because he's decimating Shawn Michaels, but Shawn Michaels is able to keep fighting. So he yeah. takes a beating but keeps coming back. Both guys are able to look strong here, even though Shawn Michaels isn't getting any offense in. He's still fighting through it. Yeah. And then Shawn Michaels does one of those things that I say you don't ever see in 2018 anymore as he tries to escape the ring and Undertaker grabs his tights and we get a nice little half moon from Shawn yeah. Michaels. Again, that's, you know, he, you know, he called that spot in the back. Like, you got to show my butt, man. Dude, he that, loves that. <laughs> remember when that used to see Ric Flair and Shawn, that, that used to be pretty commonplace in wrestling uh, to get the only heat, time I've seen, to pull somebody's the only time pants I've seen, <laughs> Yeah, the only time I saw more butts was when I worked at the hospital. But other than that, it's been professional wrestling. More male butts. Man, I guess that's one of those things that, again, maybe it's a good thing and we don't get that anymore. But Yeah, so – but um, again, the story – there's not too much to, to recap here as far as we're kind of winding down to the end here. And Sean brings a chair in the ring and – or yeah, and he goes to – The goes great to equalizer take, as yeah. Vincent Man calls it. Yeah, and he eats a big boot to the face, and uh, Taker. But when Taker picks up the chair, the crowd goes nuts because again, we've seen for the last month when back to at the the SummerSlam, that's where this all started was the chair shot to the head. Taker hasn't had his hands on the chair yet, so this is perfect storytelling. Storytelling, up, people. He picks up this chair, and the crowd goes crazy. It's so awesome. I love that little subtle thing, man. So good. Taker gets the chair, but Earl Hebner stops him, tries to take it away from him, and that's when Shawn Michaels shoves the Undertaker into Earl Hebner, taking our second referee out of the match. Um, yep. Shawn's able to take over, and he tries for a cover, but Earl Hebner is too slow, and Undertaker kicks out and tosses Shawn Michaels onto Earl Hebner. <laughs> yeah. and so he goes out for a little bit longer and then we see rick rude strutting down the aisle with a pair of brass knuckles yep yeah he hands his brass knuckles uh to sean who hits taker with him and it's funny because rick rude kind of walks out hands him kind of does a lap around the ring and then just kind of walks back up the rampway he doesn't stick around to see the damage is done he just kind of you know making a little deposit so it's kind of funny but yeah sean uses the brass knucks on taker um, so Hunter comes out in China and they bring a third referee. And as he slides into the ring, um, he counts, he gets a two and, and Undertaker kicks out again. So much drama here, man. The crowd loves it. They're pulling out every trick and gimmick in the book here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like it was Sean, when Undertaker kicks out, he beats up, uh, Jack Doan, uh, our third referee of the night. Yeah. So three referees have gone out now. This match is just over the top, overbooked, and all the right ways. I, yeah, know, it, it, it's great. 
Uh, it's yeah. it's using all this stuff to tell a great story of just ramping up the intensity and the drama in this feud and in this match. Vincent Mann says, I've never seen a match like this before. And he's right. Right. And really, there haven't been a lot of matches that we've seen quite like this that just devolve into this kind of chaos in a great way. Yeah. Yeah. It was reminiscent of the intensity of Final Four for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. again, that was all within the realms of, you know, they followed the rules. They didn't eat, they didn't punch the referees' heads off. Right. But yeah. This one, you got both guys not giving a crap about the referees and the rules. They just want to get at each other. So um, really, really cool here, really intense. Again, uh, at this point, Proto-DX, uh, again, Sean Taker and – I mean, Sean, uh, Triple H, and, and China are all ganging up on Undertaker. Um, and uh, they throw Taker into the stairs, and Shawn Michaels helps Earl Hebner up. And then he slams him into the turnbuckle. <laughs> so poor Earl is earning his paycheck tonight, man. And then you got some rest in peace chants as they kind of go back and forth with the old boo yeah spots where you punch each other in the face. And again, Proto DX is kind of attacking and kind of heaping their lumps on on, on the Undertaker here. And uh, it's just all the stuff on the outside with Sean beating him and choking him with the cable. And well, Sean um, does clothesline Undertaker out at one point and yeah. Taker perfect tens even this late yep. into the match. Man, lands on yep. his feet. I love it. Always does. Uh, Hunter gives a suck it to the crowd too, oh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I remember, well, never mind. We'll talk about that in 2006. But anyway, um, so back in the ring, we get some actual wrestling moves here. Taker goes for a tombstone. Sean reverses out of it. He goes for a sweet chin music. Uh, Taker grabs it, spins him around and reverses it and hits him somehow. And he goes and reaches into Shawn Michaels pants. All right, which is that's an area I'm not going in. He reaches in there and grabs the brass knuckles, and Vince McMahon <laughs> makes. You're not absolute... going in Shawn Michaels' pants. That ain't no. No, 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 never. Shawn, rule, well, rule Vince might have wanted to, but uh, he Vince makes this amazing call, and he says, "Did he?" He says, "I think he just pulled out that ring in his belly button." Good Lord, man. He did not pull a ring out of his belly button. How would that help him in this match? That's only going to maim a person. There would be blood everywhere. Yes. And Lawler immediately, because like, I think he grabbed the brass knucks, Vince. So, uh, yeah. I thought How he was stupid. reaching for the yardstick. No. Oh, oh. Uh, he grabs the brass knuckles and uh, nails Sean, nails Hunter. And, oh, man, this this false finish right here is one of my favorite of all time. Oh, it was, it was and, awesome. Awesome. Hebner crawls over and he counts one, two. He's at two point nine. His his hand is almost yes. on. And Sean kicks out. I mean two point nine nine, and the place goes nuts. That's what I wrote down too. Sean kicks out at the last nanosecond, dude. It uh. was wild. <laughs> and then uh, you know they keep brawling, they oh. keep going, uh, and uh, choke slam to Hebner here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just losing it. It's just yep. evolved into complete chaos. Finally, old Tim White comes out, our fourth referee for this match, <laughs> and he throws it out. That's it. Yep. After all this, it's just over. He throws the match out. Both guys are disqualified. It's a no contest. Yep. And so then they beat up Tim White. They just continue to beat up each other. Triple H and China get in there. It's just it, it it's all over the place. Uh, Undertaker falls back into the ropes and does the old Andre the Giant spot. Yeah, he gets caught up in the ropes, and I think Shawn Michaels super kicked him right mm -hmm. there at that point. Uh, and 
I, I keep saying complete chaos. I don't know any other way to describe it. It's just yeah. all over the place, man. He tombstones Hunter. Somehow he gets out and tombstones Hunter. And at this point, locker room empties. <laughs> the we, Geek Squad comes out. <laughs> we got the Geek Squad. It's Brian and Christopher and the Sultan are like the first two guys <laughs> out there. Rockabilly <laughs> and Road Dog. Good luck, guys. Have uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd been. I'd have more faith in Tim White than I with these guys. <laughs> So, yeah, we got Jabroni Squad 1 and Jabroni Squad 2 are out. And uh, Rockabilly them... eats a choke slam. Man. <laughs> yeah, he's the first one in, and he eats a big choke slam. Again, <laughs> yeah. he can bump like a fiend. I, I do, uh, I'm impressed with Billy Gunn's work, actually. Uh, Absolutely, he's, man. Yeah. Uh, New Age Outlaws deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. No, no yeah. doubt about it in my oh, book. No doubt. So, um, yeah, you've got Jabroni Squad 1 holding back Undertaker in the ring. Jabroni Squad 2 is holding back Sean on the rampway. And then, as if it couldn't get chaotic enough and iconic enough, we get one of the coolest things. Again, it's overdone nowadays, but watching it right here at 97, Taker breaks free, and he runs, and he dives over the top rope onto all the jabronis on the outside, more importantly onto Shawn Michaels, knocking him down. And they replay it like they did the Titus O'Neil splat. They replay it over and over, and it is so cool to see the big man just fly, you know, through the sky. So... If you've never seen this match, you've probably seen that spot before. Absolutely. It's in many video packages and clips and highlight reels. I think for a long time, we talked like that about the spot where mankind goes head first yep. into the table. Like, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people never saw that match, but they knew that spot. And probably right. a lot of people know that image of Undertaker doing that dive, yep. but don't know where it comes from. It comes from this. Um, uh, Guiltiest charge right here. Yeah. <laughs> I it, didn't know. It's perfect. I mean, Undertaker's done uh, a number of those dives over the years. This might be the best one still. Yep. The, this first one might be the best one. It's just he, he just he's you know a foot over the rope. Uh, no chance he's gonna miss it. He just times it perfectly. Connects with all the guys out there. Everybody sells it. The crowd goes wild. And this yeah. is this is one of the rare times where you can do a non finish. And it's completely satisfying. Yeah. No one went home upset. No one left early after this. uh, As (laughs) soon as the bell rang with this match. Like people who bought their tickets, I'm sure. Maybe if anyone was out there at this show uh, and you let us know. Let us know how you felt about it. Or if you actually ordered it on pay-per-view. But I can imagine, yeah, there was not a winner. But I don't think anyone was upset afterward because it was just so crazy and there were so many awesome moments and so many awesome spots that and and it leaves you wanting more too it's yeah it's almost like they need a match where they're caged in the ring and no one can interfere in it it's it's almost like they've built up perfectly for a match like that with some bad blood in between them how about that wow (laughs) it's amazing i wonder what they'll they'll think of next um but uh, yeah, you said you know when when Undertaker dives and like you said it is a it's a screwball finish. But when he slides back into the ring and starts posing, you'd have thought he won the world title. Absolutely. From Hulk Hogan, he the crowd is going nuts, man. They absolutely love what they just saw. It's okay. Again, the official match time I think is 16 minutes and 20 seconds. But again, this whole segment before and after takes up about the last half hour of the show. So. Um, if you're going to watch this, put about a half hour aside, not 16 minutes. It's, it's worth all 30 minutes. It's so fun. So iconic. Um, it was a, an honor to watch this match between these two guys. Oh, yeah. The first time, a lot of guys, when they, when they touch for the first time, um, 
They don't have that chemistry. Rarely do you get it the chemistry. And this and it, this is not a wrestling match. This is a fight, you know? And it's so cool. They can sell us on a fight and, and show us just how good they really are um, with just them battling like this. It's so awesome. Dude, absolutely. Highest recommendation. Um, this might be the best thing we've seen so far in 40 episodes. And <laughs> the amazing thing is it's going to be surpassed next month. Yep. As yep. we get to what I know many of you out there have been waiting for, what I know many of uh, what I know you and I have been waiting for, not quite. I, I, I just had to stop myself. We're not going to get there next week because <laughs> uh, we're actually going uh, to delay that just a little bit because there is another pay per view. We're going to get to go across the pond. We're going to go yeah. across the pond, slow it down a little bit, and talk about a pretty historic pay per view in its own right. The one night only pay per view from uh, London, England. I guess London. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> It's from the UK. Uh, it's from Birmingham. Oh, excuse me. There you go. Yeah. It's all the same to me. <laughs> just kidding. We have <laughs> well, a lot of international for all those listeners. UK listeners, we apologize. That's I'm just my kidding. bad. <laughs> uh, as The Undertaker takes on Bret Hart uh, in a pretty cool match that I'm not positive I've ever seen before. Uh, I know I have not, so I'm So we're going to cover that, and then in two weeks' time, we will cover Hell in a Cell, Numero Uno from Bad Blood in Your House, 1997. So... Exciting stuff coming up. We want you to follow along with us at Talking Taker on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Of course, follow along on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher Play, YouTube, Podbean. Please, if you're enjoying this, please take a second. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you, uh, what you thought about it. Recommend it to a friend. Pass this on. That's the best thing you can do. If you want to go the extra mile, head over to tpublic.com. You can pick up a Taker Easy t-shirt. You can pick up a sticker for just a couple bucks over there, and that'll help us out a little bit, or, or a mug, or a phone case if you want to go. Although it's it's there, it's there, it's cool, uh, and yeah, that's that's the best thing you can do. Connect with us, like we said at the beginning. It's been awesome to connect with all of you. Uh, just one quick shout out, or a couple quick shout outs actually uh, on Twitter. Uh, we asked you what you thought of this match. And got a reply back from at Goad Philip. Philip Goad is his name, G O A D at Goad Philip said something cool. He said, this is the first time I remember seeing Taker do the dive to the outside. And it's ironic considering the last one is also in a Shawn Michaels match. So I don't, I didn't realize that. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I guess we'll, we'll find that out as we go along this journey, but that's cool. If that's true, that, that the first dive we saw him do was in this match with Shawn Michaels. And the last one that we saw him do was in Shawn Michaels. So huh. uh, one of the last ones, at least. So it all it will all come full circle. This, of course, is the ground zero for maybe Undertaker's greatest rival, Shawn Michaels, the man who gave him some of his greatest matches. So it's cool to see that. And another quick shout out to our good buddy, Josh Gibbs, the Gibbzilla. Uh, I'm sure we will talk about him and our friendship. Uh, we talked about him uh, our trip to WrestleMania yeah. and all that. We'll talk about him some more. Uh, later on down the years, but uh, got to hang out with him today. He actually watched this match with me this afternoon and uh, gave, gave us some feedback and used some of his comments uh, in our commentary here. So shout out to Josh. I know he listens to us uh, all the time, and we appreciate your friendship and your feedback, buddy. We, we need all of you down in Georgia with Josh to download it, get it see if you can pass Wisconsin in our downloads. Uh, it's a competition. But um, if you were there in Louisville, Jim Cornette may have been there. Who knows? He lives there. Um, 
uh, Kenny Boland might have been there. We don't know, but if you were there, uh, please let us know. We're waiting for a shout out. We do. We will have. A, we will have one of those people who was actually there when we get to Hell in a Cell in a few weeks. Um, we have to talk to him. So uh, anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Dead man. Wait a minute. What's this? The time.